When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Point margin. So let's look at those positives. They can walk away with that. But outside of that, Sammy, and we can dissect it a little bit more now, yeah, it's slim pickings in terms of what the short term looks like in terms of you know fast tracked improvement, I don't think it's coming. Um, and the medium to long term, you know, the, the noise and the fluff around, you know, Jason Horn Francis and some of the other, um, I suppose to put it put it bluntly, underperforming, you know, top enders that they've got. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's worrying. Um, so when we go through and, and have a look at the numbers, and for those who uh, haven't caught up on the game uh, just yet, uh, the major goal scorers, Cornelio, Steve Cornelio, um, back to his very best, uh, kicked three goals to go with 34 disposals and five clearances. Uh, James Peatling, who continues to be a great story, another three-goal haul from him. He's got nine in nine games now. Um, most of those have come in the last three, if not all of those. But um, he's, he's a great story of perseverance. I know one that would be close to your heart. We spoke to him yesterday. We might have even played some of that yesterday. But from Toon Gabby in New South mm. Wales, he was a, a, an academy player for the uh, for the Giants and then was overlooked at three drafts. He was playing for their VFL side. Mid-season draft last year, he gets a chance. And um, he slotted in very, very nicely this year. He had 14 uh, disposals as well. Uh, to go along with uh, a couple of clearances and, and, and heavily involved um, from a scoring point of view as well um, was Peatling. He had eight score involvements. Now, Cornelia had 11 and Ward had nine in his 200th game as a, as a giant. But that's very efficient. He's had 14 disposals. Eight of those were score involvements. Uh, he was impressive. Yep. Who else impressed you from a giant's point of view? Well, like, yeah, I like the James Peatling story, but I'll tell you, who, I'll tell you who's up and going. Uh, Stephen Cornelia. So he's since... Taking over, Mark McVeigh's just said, right, my best players are playing in the middle and we'll figure out the rest around that. So Cornelio's gone back in. Josh Kelly, um, yeah, he, he's predominantly played midfield, but went out onto the outside a fair bit yesterday to give them exactly what they need, that pop and, and ball use off half, or like from the outside. So Cornelio goes in and just plays like a man possessed at the moment and uh, would have picked up the three Brownlow votes, in my opinion. And, and the other magnet that they've shifted... Harry Himmelberg. Oh. Wasn't he unbelievable? 37 possessions. I think it was 16 marks. Yeah. Uh, That's a career best for him. But what I, what I think is a little bit damning, just a little bit. Yeah, you've gone to the other end. of. I'm seeing what you're doing here. A little bit damning on North Melbourne. Yeah. And there are many things yesterday that were unfortunately damning for North Melbourne. But of the 16 marks that Harry Himmelberg mm. took, only one of them was contested. Yeah. And, and he's playing as a defender. And he kicked a goal. And, and the goal he kicked... Again, you, you say that there's a lot of aspects of the game yesterday that are damning on, on North Melbourne, but Harry Himmelberg, outside 50, just loitered around Toby Green, got a little handball received. No one within 50 metres of him, in particular his direct opponents, which were up the other end in the forward 50 for North Melbourne, hands on hips just, just walking around scratching their melons and yep. kicks it over the uh, goal umpire's hat and 
he, he trudges back to the D50. So there's just a, a number of things there for North. The attention to detail just isn't there. Riccardi had three as well. Tanner Bruin kicked two, as did Toby Green, who kicked the first of the game. And then I thought Luke McDonald did a really good job under an enormous weight of inside 50s that the Giants were accumulating. Luke McDonald in game 150 had the job. And we spoke to John Blakey beforehand, and he said that Luke McDonald is one of the players that they're um, using to try and help set the standards that this coaching staff, um, the CEO and the footy boss, are all trying to instill on this group to raise the standards and, and to not de- deviate, not accept anything less than. And he, normally a running, rebounding defender, sacrificed his game yesterday to try and take Toby Green out of it. And um, it might not have mattered much in the outcome of the game, but again, he's he's showing what he's willing to do to put the yeah. we above the I. So I, I just thought that yeah, it like, was incredibly impressive from Luke McDonald yeah, yesterday. like that one. So Luke McDonald tick. The one that Went under the radar for mine yesterday was the, the job of Josh Walker and Jesse Hogan. So Jesse Hogan yeah. um, zipped goals and, and zipped yeah. impact on the match in a game where, where his side's dominated. So, again, we can look at a glass half full. North Melbourne fans can walk away and say, Josh Walker, great stuff. But the glass half empty is Josh Walker's 30-plus. Um, yeah, There was no Ben Mackay yesterday, so he, he's one that's going to hold down a key post for, for North Melbourne long term. But... Josh Walker, for him to be your, your best player, pretty much, um, is damning. And then I did like the game of Luke Davies Uniac. I thought he was really good through the middle. I think 15 possessions in the last quarter really got um, up and going late. And then uh, Paul Curtis across half forward. It just showed, just showed something. Just some of the numbers. So 128 more disposals had the Giants, 423 to 295. They were plus 14 on inside 50s. Their disposal efficiency, the Giants, was 83%, which is elite. Um, the other, and, and these are all leading up to what I'm hoping that you'll mm. answer this question. The clearances, though, North Melbourne won 34 to 32. They won centre clearance 12 to 18, yet they were minus 14 in inside 50s. Contested ball, North Melbourne won 113 yeah. to 102. But when you look at the uncontested, 308, 308 uncontested possessions to 176. That's a massive differential. And this, uh, these are the next two. Marks, 149 to 69. That goes with the uncontested possession. But the tackle count, mm. 54 to 50 in favour of the Giants. So they've been, uh, they're minus 128 in possessions, North Melbourne, but they're minus four in tackles. So what is that saying to you? Well, they were 60 to 13 up in the in the hit-out. So Todd Goldstein had a had the run of it around the ball. So yep. they're going to win clearance with that kind of dominance um, in the ruck of Todd Goldstein. Just from there, it's... A lack of the, – the intent and aggression around the ball is obviously there with the contested possession um, to actually win it. The tackles is a concern because, again, you don't need a huge amount of talent to to buy in and, and, and tackle and, and put in some defensive effort. But from there, they, they just don't have the poise and the polish to be able to play the style at the moment. I think they're being coached – well, not think. It's there for everyone to see. Their style is they're trying to handball and, and be cute with possession, little 15-metre kicks, little 20-metre kicks. Corridor, yep. yep. And, and all of the forwards coming up really yep. high and getting involved in a bit of a, a flying ducks. A, a, a flying V. The, the flying V with the mighty ducks. Oh, um, so they lost. They did lose a lot of their forward structure yesterday due to that over-possess, you know, out of a stoppage and get first hands. And when they did 
force a kick quickly forward, who was there? Harry Himmelberg unopposed yeah. and, and would just mop up. So, And that happened three times in a row, yeah. much to the frustration of the, the Melbourne faithful. Um, Mark McVeigh spoke about the, the new things he was trying as an interim coach and what he was doing with Steve Cornelio. Part of my role is to try and settle our team um, this year and, and see where it gets to. And I think for me, I'd like to see our best players in their best positions. Um, and um, although there's some position changes at times, I, I, I thoroughly believe uh, Cogs is a midfielder. So, you know, we've got to keep going there. And, you know, we've been pretty fortunate. Probably the last three games he's played in there, he's played really well. So, um, you know, with some experience from others coming in there and, and, and Wardy probably departing out of there has given him probably a little bit more room to get in there. Mark McVeigh, interim coach yesterday, uh, their second win under him. Yes, those have been against West Coast and North Melbourne, so you don't get too carried away. Well, they're up by five goals against Brisbane. Yeah, they were, and they kicked eight first quarter goals, so offensively they're looking much better than they have in a long time. Um, and that's no disrespect to Leon Cameron, uh, who we all have the utmost admiration for and respect for. Um, that's their fourth win of the year. They fully believe, Callum Ward, Lockie Whitfield, have all spoken uh, about the fact that they believe that they can still make the finals. Everything has to go right for them between now uh, and then. So it's, look, it's a pipe dream. Mm. Who knows? The old way of the season. For, I don't think it'll happen. And they'll be the side that... Yeah. That's the, well, and again, we're... Probably we should stay in the moment. I'm not even going to say what I was going to say because, what, have we got nine more games until um, the dust settles with that. I was going to say something stupid that, you know, they're, they're a side that you won't want to play if you, you meet them in the finals. But at the moment, they're still a stretch off it. Yeah. Uh, but, look, positive signs, uh, and they, they put in a dominant performance yesterday. So just in terms of uh, the ladder and, and where that has them now, um, they move up to 13th. They were 15th going into that game, so they're three games outside the top eight. They're three games behind, or three wins behind uh, Collingwood uh, in ninth spot. Uh, and for North Melbourne, their percentage now at 52.3. They're still in 17th. Um, they've played one extra game than West Coast, who are sitting in 18th with a percentage of 50.7. So the dark days continue for North Melbourne. But there were some fans that showed up and they uh, showed out and they stuck it out um, on a tough day at Marvel Stadium yesterday. This is uh, Dave Noble, North Melbourne coach, thanking the fans for their attendance yesterday. I just want to shout out to our members. We had 5,000 of our fans turn up way beyond expectation. Unbelievable effort. So just from um, internally within the club, we just want to shout out to our fans and our members for turning up. It's just a fantastic, um, you know, turn up under um, some pressure. And, you know, last week, certainly in Darwin, you know, I asked for our fans to turn up and, um, yeah, it was great. So thank you to all those fans that turned up today. Uh, so that was Dave Noble yesterday. So the big story, and we'll talk more about this because we're, we're running close to time of when we need to uh, have a break and come back um, with Anthony Danaher. But the big story yesterday was um, Jason Horn francis So um, we're waiting to see the MRO decision, and we're keeping an eye on our email inboxes about what's to happen um, with the swinging arm on Josh Kelly. In the moment of the call, I, I remember saying that's weeks, and I regret mm sort of being so emphatic about it because I don't like to be a judge, jury, uh, an executioner in those moments. But um, having had another look at it, um, Josh Kelly gets up uh, holding his jaw. Um, and this is a small part of what was a much bigger story from the day yesterday as we, we watched um, with interest about how Jason Horn francis afternoon unfolded. Uh, I would think that's two weeks mm. under the matrix. Yeah, it looks... Um 
it looks damning, doesn't it? And live, like like you said, I I wouldn't um, be too uh, pessimistic on your on your call at, at the time because seeing it live, arm came up, it was late, bang, yeah, you know, like and yeah. he was very lucky that I think he got shoulder first, the, yeah, shoulder yeah. glanced into into jaw. So, like you said, I think there's a, there's a bit more to discuss in terms of um, the Horn Francis and and holistically, I think a lot of the players. In the, in the blue and white stripes at the moment and how they're travelling. So there's a bit of that. Uh, just one off the text really quickly, um, Sammy, regarding you know, Mark McVeigh coming in. And what we've seen is that spike in uh, ball use, haven't we? We've seen spike in ball pardon use. And, and yep. pardon the pun, mm. the question was, you know, surely that was brought up by assistant coaches around, well, we're not, we're not offensive enough, we've got all these weapons. And I think that might be the case. It does show that, you know, Leon Cameron, like you say, most highest... Uh, regard and, and for what he's done, but at the same time, I think that would suggest maybe there was a bit of a disconnect at the time between assistants and um, head coach around trying to... Um... We spoke about this yesterday because mm. we're not going to have time to go through. We want to go through the J- Jason Horn francis day yesterday in much greater detail because there was mm. things that you observed at halftime. There were things that we observed during the game. There's a young guy trying to find his way in the world. The pressures of the number one draft pick, Adam Cooney, spoke to that earlier today. We'll hear from about... We'll hear his view uh, a little later on as well. But I just want to ask yeah. you, from the Giants coaching setup, mm. you'll, I look at that... And I know they've got to go through a process. I know you've got to sound out Clarkson, um, who I've said before I think should wait until Tassie get a team. That's a better legacy piece than anything. I know they've got to check out maybe Ross Lyon and, and Nathan Buckley and Ken Hinckley and he, can they lure him from Port Adelaide. But I look at that setup at the moment with McVeigh, Hurd and Solomon and then mm. the other assistants they've got who are fantastic around them, Buchanan and Stevie J and I'm, I'm forgetting someone, Shane Mumford and Alicia Eva. Oh, that just seems right. Yeah. That looks right. There's probably just a couple of... Examples in recent history with the the Reshaw caretaker in yeah, the well, over, it's, it's, and then the David T yeah. caretaker that it is going from substitute shug- teacher to it's the sugar hit. teacher sugar you, hit, you, isn't it? Um, but 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 we're hearing this year that, that Sam Mitchell and Craig McRae the, the, there's a, an ethos or, or or an idea floating around that they are actually coaching like interim coaches. Yeah. They they they're, they're wanting. You know, the, you know how the substitute mm. teacher comes in and says we just we might just watch a couple of movies today. We're going to have a fun day today. They're doing. They're they're going down the path of trying to make it a lot more fun. Look at the way Hawthorne are playing. Yeah. They're playing a fun style. Mm. Collingwood playing a fun style. Yep. No, I'm seeing all of that, and then I think that the pressure does come on top of that, isn't it, to make that sustainable? So we saw the Reshaw and David Teague situation. I think yeah, the Giants team. Well, it's it's worked a lot less than it than it than it's worked. Well, the difference between those two situations and the Spike McVeigh one is right now. He's done some things to yep. be different, the Dean Solomon and James Hurd stuff. All right. Uh, AFL Nation for Tyre Power, your match day favourites for Tyre Safety and McDonald's. Score the classic chicken order today by McDelivery. Back with Anthony Danaher. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now. Uh, very good afternoon. Welcome back to the MCG, one of the most special uh, and significant days on the AFL calendar. Big Freeze 8 on at the MCG, and we have a mission today. A mission today as we continue to try and fight to find a cure for motor neuron disease. Neil Danaher, an inspiration to not just the footy world, but just to the Australian public uh, in any way, shape or form. We're asking for everyone's support as part of a final push to raise vital funds for MND research. We want to reach two mil. 
by halftime at the footy today. The faster a cure is found, the sooner we can rid the world of this insidious disease. So we want to help make Neil's vision of defeating this beast a reality, and you can purchase your big freeze beanie or donate online at fightmnd.org.au. So if you're on the way to the footy, you can grab your beanies here. There's 300 volunteers on hand around the ground and at Fed Square as well, an AIA centre at Collingwood too. The beanies you can get from Coles, Coles Express, Bunnings, or online at fightmnd.org.au. But that's the goal today, Big Freeze 8. We've got uh, a heap of great sliders that are going to go down, including our very own Andy Marr, Ash Barty as well, just to name a couple. Uh, so it's a really special day at the MCG. Sam Hargroves, Michael Barlow with you on AFL Nation, and it's an absolute treat to be joined uh, by one of the Danaher brothers. And um, we've got some a lot of text coming through uh, off the text when I said, uh, when I mentioned that the, the first time all four had played together was 1990, New South Wales v Victoria at the SCG, and was rightly told that round 22, 1990 history mm. was made when all four brothers, Terry, Neil, Anthony and Chris, all ran out together uh, donning the sash, and they were back out in the middle of the MCG together uh, on Friday night for Essendon's 150th uh, year celebration. So it's an absolute pleasure to have Anthony join us in the studio, uh, in the commentary box for AFL Nation. Anthony, hello. Welcome, Sam. It's great to be here, Matt. Lovely to see you. Um, so just let's start with the MND. For you personally, and we'll talk about Friday night and a few other things as well, but what does this day mean to you and the Danaher family? Yeah, it's a real big one on the calendar. Um, it comes around every year, but the build-up's massive. It starts about a month ago, and the, the tech start going around. Everyone just starts to feel excited, and we get behind Neil and uh, and Beck, um, who are the, the real front runners, and uh, we just get dragged along, and uh, we just love being a part of it. And Mum's down. She says it's her last trip to Melbourne. This trip, mm-hmm. she said, oh, "I'm getting too old." She's, she's ninety, nearly ninety. So, uh, so we've got to celebrate that. We'll, we'll talk in her next year, and she'll come back. <laughs> but, um, but no, they're all, all the family down, and it's just it's just exciting to get behind Neil and Beck, and um, and with the whole AFL community, it's just amazing. I can only imagine how inspired you are by Neil. But from a, from a brother to brother point of view, from your own personal point of view, it, it must be tough to have watched this unfold in the way that it that it has. Uh, I wouldn't use the word tough. I'd say probably is inspired. Um, he's he's a great character, Neil, and um, and even though he can't communicate like he used to, you, you still read his body language. And even on Friday night, he was chuffed to be out there. He was he was sitting at a dugout. His knees were pumping, and when he got out onto the ground, he was just excited. And we walked down to the goal square, and he he bumped up to Fletch and give. Kenny Fletch a big nudge and Fletch gave one back and looked around and said, oh, shoot, it's Neil. You know? <laughs> Sorry, mate, I didn't mean to do that. Um, he just loved it. He loved yeah. it. But and he what, went home because today's his day. Yeah. And what, what are some other stories across this journey, you know, a, a, a tragic journey? It's been but such an uplifting journey. Some other stories. That, that one from Friday night is, is tremendous, but you can tell how enthusiastic and how vibrant in life he is. So that's one great example for Friday night. What are some others across the last couple of years that you can share? Oh, it's probably you know when you when you you gather with Neil, um, it it's organised, it's well planned. He has the right music playing because he he's a real buff on music, yeah. and he he coordinates coordinates everything. He's a master planner. Mm. So when we catch up, you just have a lot of fun with him, and um, um, and he's he's a very relaxed 
the MND's taken him on a different journey mm. personally, and his personality has really come out mm. with with this journey, and, um, and that's been a real plus. Mm. How, how was the? I was here. Um on the day that Melbourne replayed the grand final uh, in front of 40,000 members that couldn't go because it was in Perth, obviously, and there was the big chain of, of, of pass from generation to generation and it ended up in, in Neil's hands mm. and he was overcome with emotion. And, yeah. you know, the significant impact he's had on the Melbourne footy club, but he's also been involved, obviously, with Essendon and, and, and West Coast. I know we just spoke previously. He'd had an involvement with Werribee, where I coach now. Um, you know, the Centre of Excellence at, at Kilmore has gone up recently mm. in Assumption College, so it's some life and some significant impact across a huge amount of organisations. Yeah, I think um, individuals come along, Michael, and mm. um, like Neil, before he, you know, got injured, he was certainly, you know, the youngest captain of 20 ever. Um, he was he was a special guy heading in a special direction. The fact that he's done a U-turn and now it's, he's sort of captain of the MND Army, yeah. um, it, it's not a lot different. He's just... He's got an amazing capacity to connect and to uh, to tell a story. He thinks he's quite funny. Yep. Um, <laughs> and we, we support him in that. We, we, that that we, seems to be – correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that an affliction that all four brothers uh, might <laughs> might suffer from as well? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Terry thinks he's really funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's generally pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, Chris and I and the rest of us, we, we keep a sure. low profile. <laughs> At the moment, we, we still don't have a cure, but over $50 million raised, and it's an extraordinary uh, effort. And we don't really have the superlatives or adjectives, I don't think, to do it justice, what Neil and, and the team and, and you guys as a family have been able to do. Um, what what are some of the, the, the stories, though, that, that have, have uplifted you in your involvement in this that, that make you so determined to, to keep the fight going? One of the biggest things for me is all this money stays in Australia and keeps our professionals employed. Mm. That is amazing. And because Australia loses most of our best people to overseas, but because we've got this money, they can stay here, do their research, and we have some of the best researchers in the world. And, and we're blessed so they can stay here and that can unfold and that is unfolding and they're making amazing progress. Yeah. So I'm hoping not too many more days like this will be required um, to, to get over the line. And when you say making amazing proce- uh, progress, because I think people, um, one other thing I love about Australian people is that you only have to ask them once to, to, to put their hand in their pocket yeah. and they'll trust you that yeah, hey, if you need it, um, if we can, we'll give what we can and we'll do what we can. Um, and they don't really ever ask, well, where does the money go and what is what's happening yeah. with the research? They're just yeah. so keen to help because that's what Australian people are. And that's what they do. What can you tell us about the, the, the breakthroughs that are coming and the, the, the development in the research? Oh, the, the live trials that they're doing now, Sam, in which are, are happening, unfolding as we speak. And they're having they're the, they're the stepping stones to further research, which, which is going to get us very close to that finish line that we're all looking for. So those trials are happening. They're, they're being very successful. And, um, you know, we are getting close. Some of the numbers that, that I've just been handed are extraordinary. So, 
since the inception in 2014, 63 million into MND research and care equipment for people living with MND. Um, Fight MND have invested more than 55.9 million into the research for the clinical trials, 22 drug development projects, 25 impact grants, five research fellowships and scholarships, world first drug screening platforms, and 19 other research uh, initiatives. The, 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 the way in which the money is being uh, distributed is absolutely extraordinary and and we probably don't have enough time unfortunately yeah. to go through every bit of it but what i've just been handed is extremely um it's pretty impressive impressive isn't it? And, and and the education of millions of australians about the existence of this yep. incredibly cruel disease and the army that's been formed to fight the beast as, as you guys call it um yeah, that's amazing. And that the good thing about this, if, if they find a cure to MND, they'll be curing a lot of other diseases yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So, which is fantastic. And just a quick one on, on today, and the, something that's become synonymous with today is the slide, okay? And Sam and I, I think we were the first people in the MCG today. So we were here uh, setting everything up and having a look out. Talk us through some of the sliders today and what Neil will be doing uh, in, in conjunction with that. But also... The intern was sent down, so the OHNS had to get run out. And we saw the, we saw and, someone just doing a test yes, before. Fantastic! Not, I, I, I think they had to go down again because I don't think it was Ridgie Didge straight <laughs> off the top. Um, well, it's a highlight of the day, isn't yeah. it? And, and uh, what about Ash Barty, number one? Yeah, what, what yeah. again? That's why she retired to do this today. Yeah, to do this, but uh, she's been to the charity golf tournament for Mick Fanning uh, only days ago, yeah. coming straight here to be yeah. uh, a part of this, and and has Queen's birthday honours that she's received today. Yeah. Jakara Anthony, who's sliding as well. Has too. Um, we, we, as you, as you know, Anthony, um, we've got um, a, 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 a listenership that knows their footy history better than any other uh, listenership of or, or viewership of any footballing program, whether it be on radio or television. When I was throwing up that um, you guys played together in that 1990 State of Origin game where New South Wales actually beat Victoria, um, but. The game uh, in round 22 um, in 1990 when you all played together for Essendon, those memories, what comes to mind when you're reminded of those days? Because well, that... they would have been flooding back, I reckon, on Friday night, wouldn't they? <laughs> that, that was a great day at Moorabbin. Um, Nilo, Nilo played full forward. He kicked 3-5. Um, if he had kicked 6-3, he probably mm. would have played in the first final the following week. Mm. He was buggered. His, his knee was no good. But yeah. she put him in. And we, we knocked off the Saints and uh, it was just a super day. Mum and Dad were, were chuffed, made the trip down and um, that was Dad's second favourite game. Dad's favourite game was when we knocked the Vicks off at SCG. <laughs> he, was, he was down in the rooms before we even got in there. Yeah. And that's not like my dad. And, uh, you know, we're all bloody singing and cuddling and it was a great night, that one. Give us some of the names that were playing for Victoria and the team that you knocked off on that day. Well, I started on Paul Salmon, then he twinged to Hemi, and then I moved yep. on to Dunstall. But you had Brerett and you had – no, they had some guns. Um, and uh, and we had a, a few fly-ins. They weren't all New South Welshmen, but <laughs> we had a couple of top-ups, <laughs> uh, which helped us on the day. But so did getting uh, about uh, 200 mil of rain. Mm. Yeah. That helped us. Mm. And uh, Paul Kelly went to work. The ball was on the ground all night, and we just uh, we just chased it. It was a lot of fun. That's why your old man might have been – Chuffed, you had the 200 mil of rain yeah. for the land. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So, and just on that day, by the way, round 22, you yourself had the, just the lazy 27 disposals, and that's back in an era where it wasn't the amount of stat padding that might go on more, a little bit more in the modern game. So that's 27. That's more like a, a probably a 37. Uh, that's mix. 40 that's plus. That's 40. Well, that's big. We, uh, 
Kick ins, kick it to yourself. Or we did. We kicked it. We just kicked it to brother to brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it would have been a lot of waxing. You know, a little bit of waxing going on that day. And I played on the wing that day. Sheets put me yeah. out in the wing. There was a bit of firm ground, which is pretty rare at Moorabbin. And I just ran up and down there and the ball kept coming out. So it was a bit of fun. Mm. It was a lot of fun. Uh, can I just read this one to you before we let you go, Anthony? It's been a pleasure to have you in the box with us. I just want to say a big thanks to Neil. Having uh, my best mate of 45 years, having lost my best mate of 45 plus years to MND, this day is both gut-wrenching and uplifting with the hope that the beast will soon be defeated and no one will have to suffer the way my mate Adam did again. God bless you, Neil. Uh, Andrew from Northcote. Yeah, too many of those stories and, uh, and they are gut-wrenching. It's a, it's a beast of a disease. You can't hide that, and uh, for people who go through it, the families have to get around them. They've got to support them. It's really, really tough, And uh, but I hope they take a lot of spirit, and I'm sure they are, out of the journey Neil's on, and, and together we'll get there and we'll cure this and get rid of the beast. Absolutely. Hey, thank you so much for coming in and sharing uh, what the day means to you, Anthony, and to the, to the Danaher family. And, and we hope that we can get to that target of two mil by half time. So if you are keen to donate and you are able to donate anything you can, it's so greatly appreciated. Fight mnd.org.au The sliders today, Ash Barty, Hamish Blake, Jakara Anthony, Terry Danaher, Justin Langer, David Neitz, Eddie Betts, Rhonda Birchmore, Beck Madden and Andy Marr uh, all doing their part to try and cure this insidious disease and to beat the beast. Anthony, thanks so much. Pleasure, boys. Have a great day and a great call. Mm. We will. Uh, we'll do our very best. Uh, 0433 Keep those uh, messages coming in uh, and uh, we... Really appreciate uh, those who are sharing their personal experiences with this as well. Our pre-game show on AFL Nation for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops and Beaumont Tiles. Huge sailors on right now. Back from the G. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now. He needs to pull his head in. It's as simple as that. I know he's a star factor player, but uh, he, he's just he's abusing his teammates on field. You can see it now. There's problems with, with his own game that uh, he, he's not really presenting his best footy, yet he's happy to spray guys that are, are 300 gamers. Now, if you're to learn anything at 18 years of age, going into an AFL system, you do not know the lot. You're not the finished product, so listen to players that are trying to help you. It's a massive issue in his game, and it's a real problem for this kid. From day one, that's been his mannerism. It's counterproductive to what the group are trying to achieve, and I wonder what they're doing down there to rein that in, because this has been a problem for, for two months now. That was David King on Fox Footy's first crack, uh, two-time North Melbourne Premiership player and two-time All-Australian in his own right and not missing uh, in his criticism of Jason Horn francis And the events of yesterday that unfolded before our very eyes, uh, Michael Barlow, we're back at the MCG mm. for Thai Power, your match day favourites for Thai Safety and McDonald's score the Classic McChicken today, order via McDelivery. Our pre-game show is for Thursday Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the call, Thursday Camel Bottle Shops and Beaumont Tiles. Huge sale on right now. It came to sort of our attention. We, 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 he started at half forward and we were keeping an eye on him as you do with the number one draft pick. And given that the events of the last few weeks with the stories about, you know, whether it be about uh, um, not, you know, not signing on just yet or the, the, the trip home or whatever it might have been. But even without all those things, he's the number one draft mm. pick and, and we think a future star. So we kept an eye on him. And, and you noticed uh, what at half time in a conversation that he was having with Todd Goldstein that then included several other teammates. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of effort at the moment going into the uh, appeasement of 
of Horn Francis. Like yep. players from Todd Goldstein was the, the visible one that got um, played at halftime you know, on the broadcaster. But yeah, seeing that that discussion, but across the rest of the afternoon, there was you know, Jai Simpkin, Hugh Greenwood, uh, Paul Curtis, like a fellow kind of young player going over and wrapping their arms around him. So, um, yeah, there is a fair bit of effort from players and staff at the moment to appease what what does visibly look to be just an uninterested at times. Um, frustrated. Yeah, uninterested and frustrated player. That was my first opportunity to see him live. And um, in an environment where they're trying to improve, you need effort and attitude. And he wasn't the only one yesterday, but the effort and attitude just wasn't there. Let's have a listen to a couple of comments that were made. And we're, we're keep, I like to keep in mind this is an 18-year-old young man who's yep. uh, been taken number one draft pick. I don't know what the pressures of that are like, and I never will. Uh, moved away from home, and he's come into a situation that where a club is at, I shouldn't say, at the very early stages mm. of a, a, a long-term rebuild. And, and what does that uh, all mean, and how does he fit into all of that? And um, he's finding his way in the world. Um, this was Dave Noble on Jason Horn Francis in the frustration. Look, he's a he's a young guy, young man learning the caper. Um, he's got high standards, high expectations. So yeah, there, there's some frustration out there. There's no doubt. Um, but as I said, I don't think it's just limited to him. That was Dave Noble. This was Adam Cooney. So if anyone is well placed to speak to uh, a South Australian number one draft pick coming over to play uh, footy uh, in Victoria, uh, it is Adam Cooney who has lived this experience and he had this to say. I was homesick. Uh, I was frustrated. We were losing. Mm. Um, my body language was pro- poor at times. There probably there wasn't the media scrutiny around it, I think. And, and yesterday's solo game heightened that. I think there would be an element of doubt whether he's, he does belong at AFL level at the moment. And, and I certainly went through that in my first year of footy. So uh, there's a so he's immature. Mm. And I mm. was as well when you come over. Um, the people that get drafted to the, from their, in their home state and, and are able to stay there and still see their family every night after training and go home when, you, when you're knackered, it, you can't put a price on that. When you're young, you're 18, just finished school, and then you get thrown to the wolves. Mm. And and I struggled a lot in my first year with it, and I've no doubt he's going through the same thing. I wanted to go home Did you? a number of times. Yeah, so what was the moment that it clicked for you, right? I, I, th- I think it was it was just time and and settling into a new lifestyle. That's a great insight yeah. um, from Adam Cooney. Um, the other thing, too, is for the first time in this young man's life, he'd be getting press that isn't glowing. Mm. He's grown up as a, as a young star on the rise. He was playing senior footy last year and, and dominating in finals uh, in the in the Sandful. For the first time in his life, there's stories that are being written about him that aren't yeah. saying how great he is. That is an adjustment too, yep. from, a, again, a teenager. I think, and Coons's comments there, and the two words that I take from it, the, the time and connection. So time, you know, everyone wants success like that. North Melbourne wants success like that, but like you summed it up really well, it's going to be a long and slow and arduous build. And Jason Horn Francis is one that is going to be central to that build. So there's a real opportunity for him in this moment. Like, and again, yesterday was a tough one. I think he would wake up this morning and reflect and yep. go, oh, I'm, I'm not I've excusing got, his body language yeah. or, the, or, or or being what looks to be disrespectful mm. to senior teammates. You don't you don't condone that at all. But let me ask you this: Is would this be the first time in his life where you're being told to fit into a way of doing things and things aren't being done as you as the nucleus of it? I'll make a 
uh, a comparison. So when Will Brody first got to the Gold Coast, so top ten draft pick, um, and and was fairly self assured that you know I'm, I'm here to play and I'm going to get going and my career's going to be on the rise pretty quickly. It didn't happen for him, and it didn't happen for his whole career at the Suns. Off the back of probably a little bit of lack of opportunity, he's probably unlucky at times. But what he's had to live is go away and and play like a man on death row in footy yeah. at Fremantle. So until you put in that sink or swim environment. You, know, you, you don't know what's under the hood, and that's what Will Brody's doing. It's a, it's a fairly far-reaching comparison. And we heard from John Blake, we're trying to but... teach him how to play footy our way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is, I think, that, that there's some teething issues with Absolutely. trying to teach all of their players how to play the style that they're trying to implement. Yeah, there's a little bit more we can go through, uh, but we will be taking calls in the next hour as well, one 736 736 or you can text in at any stage, 0433 98 Plenty more still to talk about at the MCG. Big day here. Collingwood, Melbourne, big freeze as we continue to fight MND. You can do that, fightmnd.org.au. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now. Hugely significant day an important day and a day that the footy world and, and Australia as a whole have embraced wholeheartedly. If you'd like to contribute to the fight against MND to try and defeat the beast, fightmnd.org.au. So 3.20 game today at 2pm. The team, they're going to be calling you all the action. Jared Waitley, Dwayne Russell and Josh Jenkins will take over from myself, Sam Hargraves, Michael Barlow here as well. The website, fightmnd.org.au. Um, Mickey B, just in the time that we've uh, had uh, just to stretch our legs yeah. and, and as the uh, ad break does its thing, just I, I just want to give you a sample of some of the messages that are coming through off the back of our, our Jason Horn Francis chat. So we heard from Adam Cooney, who's experienced exactly what well, not exactly what, but uh, probably the most similar to what Jason Horn francis has as a, as a South Australian number one draft pick coming over to here. Mm. He said that he was acting in a, in a largely similar way. His body language was no good at times. He missed home. He, he was frustrated. They weren't winning. So it's a, it's a similar lived experience. But just to take you through some of the texts that have been coming through, um, Dom saying that he thinks that uh, Horn francis is going to Adelaide, who have put in a bigger offer than Port Adelaide. So the... The jungle drums already beat there. Um, off the text, when I said that this might be the first time that in his young life that he hasn't been the nucleus of it and, and things weren't being done for him and, and all around him and he wasn't the centre of it all, yeah. uh, that's been rubbish, absolute rubbish. You think he was the nucleus of a senior Sandful team? Well, it seemed to me that they were playing him in the best possible positions, which he obviously would have had to earn as well, but to, to make sure mm. that his draft ability was maximised. So I think they were doing a lot uh, for him. I watched a couple of those games. They were big. Did you see some of those live in the, in oh, the finals? Unbelievable. So. Phenomenal. And that's playing against men and yeah, making a big impact in, in the front. He, he nearly pushed them uh, through to the next round, I think, from prelim to final on his on his own boot. So he's got all the talent and there will be, be a bit of you know, teething issue in terms of getting your body right and getting physically up, up to the level because you know, physically right now he's probably at 40% of where he can get to in 12 months just off the back of yeah. being involved in a program. 
Um, and as we said before, John Blake, he said to us before the game yesterday that at the moment they're trying to teach him to play footy the way they want him yeah. to play footy, which might be very different to how he's been coached in any other stage of his very, very young life. Which, which would um, which suggest... Has to be, which has to be, you know, factored yeah. in as well for people that are coming uh, pretty hard for them. And these are some of the things that, you know, Horn Francis mm. is presenting like a selfish sook who thinks he's Dustin Martin. He needs some boxing work from his teammates like Robert Walls did with Shane Strempel to get his ego back in check. That's how far we're going back there. Um, and, and some pretty harsh stuff coming through about being arrogant and, and why would we want that person as part of our culture. I think that, that's incredibly harsh. No, yeah. 18-year-old teenager who, and not to, it doesn't excuse it, Michael Barlow, and you're the coach mm. of a footy team. Um, if you had someone who you'd brought in under with, with big wraps on um, and you'd brought them to Werribee where you're coaching now, and, and some of the things that happened yesterday and maybe have been happening here and there throughout the journey, what would be the way that you would deal with it? Well, and I think this, this will be – it was visible to see for everyone yesterday this is the way they're going about it. Like They're empowering their leadership group to, to wrap their arms around and, and yep. bring him in and understand that the safest place and the most comfortable place for him in the world at the moment is that footy club with the support of you know, Jai Simpkin and the support of you know, Todd Goldstein, who has played 300-plus you know, games, hasn't he? So. Yeah. There's a fair opportunity there as well to build those connections and and go on a, go on the journey together. The Cam Rainer example is yeah. So this is, is one off, that yeah. and I'll let you let this you read that text. text. So well, I'm not going to take credit for this because this is a fantastic mm. uh, a com- compare as well. Um, compare him to Cam Rainer, chalk and cheese. Both left home and both went to a bottom team. So, but. What I find interesting about that is who was the footy boss mm. when to the, at the team that Cam Rayner got drafted to? D Noble. Yeah, so he's had experience in this place before, and and they did they 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 didn't keep Cam Rayner in cotton wool. He did a lot of media in his first year. He was keen to do it. He wanted mm. to meet the media up there. So we you know the, the media up there at the time, and I was one of them. We got to know him. Um, got to know that he's just a, it was a fantastic young man. He had confidence, but there was no arrogance to it. So what we're, a lot of what we're saying at the moment... He, he had Jason a bit of arrogance one day when he, uh, he sledged me on the field. But we can but go back to that. That's fair enough, Mickey B. I would have thought that would be wholly justified. <laughs> Probably the first sledge he's ever had in his life, and you were the recipient. What were you doing to provoke such a response? Oh, it was the year I was playing a lot of reserves footy, and I'd made my way back into the senior team, and he, yes. said, he said, oh, here he is, the, the bloke that's winning the NEFL MV. VP. <laughs> it wasn't bad, actually. But That's very good. I looked, and I was floored because this was the second last game of footy I've ever played at AFL yep. level. I knew the end was near, and I was like, oh, I'll never forget that. But um, kudos <laughs> to him. But, but to straighten up, there, there is a bit, a bit about that, isn't there? And the, the ability of Cam Rayner to yeah, open himself up. You've got to open yourself up and, and be a bit vulnerable and, and take the pressure off yourself a bit to... Mm. And I don't know Jason Horn Francis. No one really does. But you know, at the moment, with the limited access any, anyone's had to him, but yeah, this is, is going to be a little strained period for him. This two-week yeah. period, but a real opportunity as well, just to say, all right, maybe yeah, be vulnerable, open yourself up, don't take yourself too seriously, and get back into it. And you know, the beauty of this is they've got the buy next week. He'll probably miss one or two, two more. He's got a little block here just to connect with those guys within yeah. the four walls of the North Melbourne Footy Club and come out and actually galvanise and get moving. Is there an opportunity here as well? Because I like that, that there's probably a leadership sit down, leadership group sit down mm. with him with a bit of Jerry Maguire. Help me help you. We are here. I am out here for you. We are here for you. We need you to be here for us as well, that kind of stuff. But is there an opportunity for um, 
is there an opportunity for North Melbourne to actually help us get to know Jason? Because, as I said, what one of the things that Brisbane did was that they made, made Cam Rainer readily available. Um, and, yes, the, everyone's different and there's different personalities, there's different journeys, we know. But the, the, the point was made that it was a, a player moving interstate. But what I suppose the difference is Cam Rainer's moving to Brisbane, a non-traditional footy state, whereas Jason Horn France is coming to the epicentre of football, and mm. that's, that's Victoria and Melbourne. So very different uh, light being shone and a much more intense light being shone yeah. on him. So there's a bit of a difference there. But where you can maybe take some of it is, is there a chance for North Melbourne to maybe put him up to speak a little bit more or in, in a way that they can control mm. the management for us to get to know? Because this just might Feel be that. that when he's out on the field, he gets frustrated. And this is, as an 18-year-old, how he expresses himself. And it might not look great, but it might not have the insidious intent or the, the, the full disrespect that we're sort of casting aspersions that might be contained therein with him. So we no, get to know him. Yeah, it's a, it's a good shout. And I, I think they would have had a fair plan around all this to protect him, understanding that, oh, you know, and, and things in hindsight are always always better, aren't they? So in hindsight, they might be sitting there thinking, oh, we, we've missed a, missed a trick being able to expose some of his personality traits and some of, you know, his lighter points probably across the summer and in, mm. in, into the season. Um, now with this MR, MRO situation that's going to hover over his head and, and the bye, they've got to put it away and they've got to weather the storm with him and, and, and just... Just do their own thing behind closed doors, but it might be just the old school, you know, the, the North Melbourne media team go around to his house and do the cooking show with, with another player. That's what they used to do. That was all the cooking fun show. That was all, all the fun stuff they used to do at. Uh... What could you cook at 18? Well, no one watched mine, I but I guarantee you. Bo- I could do a spaghetti bolognese and a stir fry. No one watched anything I was doing, but I guarantee you, if, if North Melbourne do that in the next month, People will watch that. If Jason Norton, well, just what's Jason Norton Francis like? You know, at home playing PlayStation and making, <laughs> learning how to make his lasagna. So, <laughs> oh, hey, oh, that, that's the way they're oh, going to have to go because they can't put him out in front of the the, the rolling mall of the media just yet. Because he's so saying, don't do the traditional presser. You need to do a. Uh, I think they call that a puff piece. Yeah, don't they? they need the puff piece. Okay. Let's go with the puff piece. Let's um, build him into it. This is a this is a good text that's come through. What are you guys waffling on about? That's a very astute <laughs> question, and I don't know how to answer it. Um, straightening up just a little bit. This was Kane Corns um, on his belief that North are treading on eggshells with him. I feel like they'd be treading on eggshells though. They'd be like, well, we don't want to drop him because that could be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and he might request a trade at the end. That, that that's how. You're treading so lightly around a first-year player. Well, you you shouldn't be. Team sport, you should have really been laying the law down to him earlier and not letting, like, this behaviour would have been on display throughout the pre-season at stage. You've got no doubt about it through the practice games and maybe they've let it just go on and no one has pulled it into line. So now the point is... Everyone's treading on eggshells at the footy club around a player who's played 10 games. It shouldn't shouldn't be that way. And now they'd be too scared that he may request a trade home. And if that's the case and if he doesn't want to be there, as others have said, Craig Hutchinson was big on this on Footy Classified, if he doesn't want to be there, trade him at the end of this year and cash in on the biggest deal that you can possibly get. That was Kane Corns today. He, he followed up. It was a really interesting chat that he and Adam Cooney had. You can get it at sen.com.au as they filled in uh, on SEN Breakfast today. Kane also asked Adam Cooney, who we heard from a little earlier, about uh, his experience uh, as a number one draft pick. He asked Adam if uh, Jason Horn francis can still be a superstar. Do you think he's going to be the Dangerfield type player? That, that, that's the club has said. This is the club in the lead-up to the draft said he has 
Dangerfield qualities. Do you, do you think he's going to get to that level? I know it's a very early stage to make that call. Yeah, he'll be a superstar. We've seen attributes already, mm. and he's going to get stronger. He's going to get quicker. He's going to have. He's going to get more power in his game, and he'll he'll run defensively, and he'll burst away on the other side of it offensively. So, I mean, all you need to see is a couple of snippets of of what he can do at AFL level. It was Adam Cooney uh, earlier on today. Uh, we're at the MCG, and you can have your view, 0433981116 or 1300736736. Big freeze number eight as we continue to fight MND, fightmnd.org.au to donate. We're aiming to get $2 million raised by halftime today. Uh, the faster a cure is found, the sooner we can rid the world of this beast of a disease. Sam Hargroves, Michael Barlow with you. Our pregame show for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call, Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops and Beaumont Tiles. Huge sale is on right now uh, from one young man trying to find his way in the world to another. We'll uh, give you the latest on Bailey Smith, who has uh, done a, a to-camera piece with uh, News Limited, um, and uh, we'll play a little bit of that on the other side of this. 3.20 bounds today for the Big Freeze Clash. Uh, your match day favourites for tyre safety, uh, tyre power, and we're here for McDonald's. Score the classic McChicken today. Order via McDelivery. Michael Barlow, there's a late out with the sliders. Oh. Yes. Vance Joy out. Oh, I like Vance Joy. The living ends, Chris Cheney in. So Shame. late out. Vance Joy out, Chris Cheney in. The uh, order of sliders will be revealed a little bit later on. Um, but, yeah, no Vance Joy. Chris Cheney stepping in with a late call-up from the living end. I used to love the living end. Well, there you go. Vance Joy was – there's a song from Vance Joy that I was going to use when I proposed uh, to my fiancé, mm. um, but I forgot to play it in the end. I got caught up in the emotion of it all and mm. uh, just slipped my mind there at the end. So, uh, we, Vance out. We attached ourselves in my, uh, in my year 12 year to Prisoner of Society because we don't need no one to tell us what to do. <laughs> it's very anthemic for us yeah, back uh, guarantee you we still in 1998. Do. We still do need people to tell us exactly what to do, I guarantee we you. We do, and that's sort of, uh, well, that's quite poignant that that song gets mentioned. We are discussing uh, Jason Horn Francis and uh, the events of yesterday uh, off the text. And I, I thought we'd been quite circumspect and um, with, our, with it, the way that we had discussed Jason Horn Francis. I think we'd been uh, quite keen to point out that this is just an 18-year-old young man trying to find his way as a footballer um, and what he's experiencing. And, yep, there might be some, some tougher conversations needed. But at the end of the day, um, we, we shouldn't, you know, rush to alarm... Um, but then this is what we get, so it's a good just a, just good just a, a, a check for us. Mm-hmm. This is all just a media hatchet job. The media is inventing a narrative to suit themselves, just to generate a story in the absence of any facts. The kid has played ten games, and you're carrying on as if he's buddy going to Sydney. I don't know if we mentioned that. And all this BS about caring about player welfare. You seem quite happy to throw a kid to the wolves right now. Tabloid filth. Mm. Failure. Uh, well. Failure is feedback, so we appreciate the, yep, no, thank you. the feedback. But you very much. Oh, I, I, I think we were saying that we don't want to see him thrown to the wall. No, exactly. I, I, look, I'm, I'll have to go back and listen to the tape. Yeah, uh, and, and I, I would love it's, – it's really unfortunate that, from my point of view, they have the bye next week because, I, you know, on reflection, thinking about that, Andy's got the suspension probably coming. I would have loved him to have a – six-day break or whatever and, and get back out there and, and play and that whole club play and galvanise and get around. and It would have been a, a real feel-good story of the week for mine, but we're going to have to wait a little while, I think. And then this off the text, the very next text. Great conversation on Horn Francis, guys. As a North supporter, pleased to hear it. Thank you. That's from Nico uh, in Kings Park. Uh, hey, it's... Never get too high on your feedback and yeah. never get too low. It's just always, try and always. Somewhere in the middle. Never as bad as you think. Out. Never as good as you think. That's exactly right. 
Um, we will straighten up again. Uh, obviously, the biggest story of the weekend, and maybe the, the biggest story of the year, and uh, the, the, the young man with probably the highest profile in football right now, Bailey Smith. Uh, it started to break uh, on Saturday morning about images of him uh, potentially with uh, illicit substances. He's confirmed that that is actually the case. He's issued a really open and honest uh, apology via a statement. Um, the Western Bulldogs have released a statement. So too has the AFL Players Association. His sponsor, Cotton On, have issued a statement as well that they're sticking by um, Bailey Smith. Uh, and the AFL still set to interview uh, Bailey Smith. And we await to find out what the penalty would be uh, handed down to him. Uh, he spoke to News Limited um, and we've got a couple of those grabs uh, to bring to you now and firstly this is Bailey Smith on uh, how he is feeling. It, oh definitely a regret and you know extremely disappointed in myself and yeah as I said embarrassed like trying to walk and do simple things today you know it was already hard before but it was more for the good reasons of footy but now to have um, this burden is tougher but um, yeah I don't know I suppose it's a uh, it's not a relief, but, like, it almost is because it's, like, I was a period of my life where I feel ashamed and, you know, I want to forget, but now I feel like I can probably move on. Um, and, you know, I'm an open book. Um, we've all, you know, messed up, and, yeah, it's unfortunate that I, I did in that way. And, um, as I said before, I'm excited to grow and continue to, you know, be better. Uh, Bailey Smith also spoke about... Uh how things were for him during the height of his anxiety, which he said was about a month period after he'd gone up uh, with some teammates to uh, to Queensland and stayed on himself and where, by his words, uh, things spiralled out of control. It's difficult, like nothing. I, I kind of went, I don't know, days without eating, even brushing my teeth, leaving my bedroom. Um, couldn't talk to people. Uh, don't go on my phone or anything, but you know, that's just what it was and I didn't do any training, anything like that. That's... Couldn't even get out of bed to go to training. Um, so I'm sure lots of people have experienced that. Um, and, you know, it's no excuse to, um, you know, to why I acted the way I did. And, um, but it certainly does, you know, provide context to why I make such a stupid decision like I did. Uh, Bailey Smith, um, in a, an interview he did with uh, the News Limited, and uh, there's obviously a fair bit more to it. We obviously can't play it full in, in its entirety. The AFLPA statement, I found the interesting one, and, and it's given we are on a, on a talkback station, Michael Barlow, and this mm. does sort of fit the narrative of what happens in these situations. They've said, when issues such as this arise, there's typically two alternative approaches people think should be taken. Condemn, sanction and shame the player involved, or support, educate and try to use the issue as an opportunity for growth. Um, and obviously the balancing act now is to make sure that the second part of that is done and then in terms of a sanction, what is befitting and the AFL will go through all of that as well. And I can't help but think that when I hear Bailey Smith talk that how... Um, and I, I, I don't have time to do a full preamble about not condoning and da, 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 and all that stuff. If, if you need that every time we talk about this, then I don't know what to tell you. You can be outraged in your own time. Um, but I wish that at 21 years of old age I had the same level of self-awareness, I suppose, that, that he did. Mm. Um, he, he's done a lot of work on himself before he got drafted, um, after he got drafted. Um, things got to a very bad place for him in that month that he spoke about and then he took some time away from the game to, to deal with that, to, to get himself right um, and, and to, to fix or to, to put in place the, uh, the pieces to be able to fix uh, the issues that uh, he was having. Um, 
Luke Beveridge today spoke, um, I think it was doorstopped, and said that he thinks that they should scrap the, the drugs policy and, and start it uh, again um, because he, he said that it, it, you know, when players are dealing with mental health issues, it, it doesn't um, really assist um, in what they're trying to do to help them in that space. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but that was what um, was, was said. Um, I, I don't subscribe to the Jeff Kennett you know, kick him out for two years with no pay. I'm astounded that Jeff, who, who's done such wonderful work in the uh, with Beyond Blue in the mental health space, that thinks that that's the way to to look after someone um, in this situation. I think that's incredibly harsh penalty. Others might agree. Uh, others might disagree. Um, do you you lived under the the policy? Mm. Do, what, do you think that it it's effective? What's your view on it as a, a, a former player? Yeah, I'd uh, I'd suggest that. Um, there needs to be a review on it, absolutely. But I, I just want to circle back you know, to the discussion about um, Bailey Smith and the euphoria that surrounded him in the grand final period and, and, and whatnot last year. I, I'd imagine, and I definitely do have, a, have a, a huge amount of empathy for his circumstance because he, he became, at 20 years old, too big. Like He became... Bigger than mm. I think I read somewhere he's got more followers than most AFL football well, clubs. He's got more follow. He does all of them, and not a combined. But he has more followers yeah. than Buddy, more followers than Dusty. And I would say that in his third year, he was bigger than both of those players. So, Buddy won a premiership in his fourth year. Dusty mm. wasn't quite Dusty in his third, if memory serves. So he is bigger in a three-year period than any player has ever been in the game. And like, even like, looking at my own career, there was periods where I was probably getting ahead of myself, and you know I was. In terms of how big Bailey Smith got, think about how minute I was. Like, it's these guys in the AFL environment where they're lauded and they're getting paid well and things are coming, the, the resilience to to be fully, um, I suppose, yeah, separate from from what comes with temptation is, mm. yeah, it's, it's fanciful because Bailey Smith is right now the public... Um, figure of letting himself down or, or stepping outside of what's required as a professional athlete, he's taking a fair hit for a good chunk of, of professional athletes within Australia. And that's just yep. the realities of it. People will hear that and say, oh, well, um, you can't be naive to think that Bailey Smith, um, the, the cameras are on him because people know who, who he yep. is, the, whereas not, that's the not the case for everyone the else. cynical people say that when players or, or people are caught in these situations, then comes the mea culpa. But I think this situation's a little different because I think he, from if, if, if the chain of events is, is as we understand it, that he identified mm. or it was identified that he was in, not in a good way and he stepped away after this, if my timeline of this is correct, and addressed it before this was all public knowledge. So this isn't a, a situation like the cynical people believe... And, and some of those would say, look, every time this happens, a player says, oh, I'm sorry, I don't, and then I'll, I'll go do a treatment and then off I'll go. And yeah. But I don't think that's a situation like that. that. I, I think th- this is something he's already realised yeah, and, and, and gone and done the work on and put it in place. And, again, I'd rather be naive thinking the best of people mm. than right thinking the worst of them. Yeah, it's um, a- and in, in these situations, as the PA said, you either, we either want to cut someone down at mm. 21 years of age Who's who's gone through something? Who's made a choice that they wish that they hadn't? Um, 
or, or we look to find a way that you say, well, yeah, that can't be condoned and there'll be a penalty for it. But in the meantime, what are we doing to support you and, and to get around you and help build you back up again? And the, the world that we live in now, and it's in the conversation for another day, but the capture and gotcha culture and the sharing of, of images um, without people's consent just to try and show people that look what I've got and look what I know and, and, and the, the, the will to want to bring people down at times via the capture of, of someone in a moment they might not know is being captured. Again, if I have to do the preamble about not condoning and all that stuff, we just waste so much time with that. I'm not condoning and I'm not advocating for. I'm talking about the capture culture, the gotcha culture and the desire to bring people down um, and oftentimes they're people who are succeeding at maybe something that we wish we could have and, and we haven't been able to deal with that in our own way that, so that's we want to try there. and bring them down that, that's the one there, because they're doing something that we wish we could. That, I just, that yeah. saddens me that we live in... And again, call me naive... But again, I'd rather be wrong thinking the best of people. But when I see that stuff happen, I just get I get really saddened by that. And it's a shame that that's how we are at the moment. It's, a, it's the new, it's the modern tall poppy. Yeah, and he'll copy his whack. Like, he'll get yeah. um, the, the suspension no, of which we're hearing is, is, is two weeks and people will... And that might not be long enough. And I'm happy to have that chat as well. Yeah, exactly. Two weeks, I don't think, is probably long enough in that space. But the, the want to chop down... And I, yeah, for, for you know, out of out of adversity comes opportunity. And mm. for mine, I I'll be very honest. I sat pretty uncomfortably watching, you know, even the the, the rise that he had, and um, because you knew, you hoped, but you knew you, with all the the phones, everything's out there. Someone's going to grab something, and he's going to be brought back back in. So your your point is very well made that. It seems like there's been months and months of work and acknowledgement of, of where he's at and where he's been and where he's going. So for mine, this situation with the Western Bulldogs and Bailey Smith, if that is to be true, which, again, let's take the uh, optimistic approach that it is, they're a fair way down the path to, to getting on with it and making already Bailey Smith feel more comfortable about being just you know, a member yeah. of society that has to just hold himself to that higher level of... Um, of uh, capacity to what he does and, and, and who he is. And you will tell us that, yep, it was a privilege for you to be able to play mm. AFL, but it's also too, and I know for people that go, I'd give anything to be in that position. I understand that, because who wouldn't? If you love the game, then you'd give anything to be a player in it, but they don't. it's not like they got it handed out. This isn't Willy Wonka and the Chocolate mm. Factory where they got a golden ticket for buying the right chocolate bar. Positions on AFL lists are earned, and, and yes, it is a privilege, but it doesn't then mean that you have to be better in society. Like, I don't believe it means you have to be better at living and better at life than everybody else because you're a better kick of the footy. Um, anyway, it's a, it is a complex issue. It's a societal issue, and we understand that as well. Um, but uh, I, I do like – I think that there's a lot of the response to this that I think is, is right mm. um, after something that he did that, that we would agree is wrong. So – Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen to have your thoughts on that. We are at the MCG today. A big day for Melbourne. Um, it's been speaking of tumultuous weeks. They've certainly had one of those, and they get the chance to respond uh, in the best way that they can now in terms of an on-field situation after two losses in the last two weeks. Uh, Nathan Jones, their former captain, was on Friday night footy with SEN on AFL Nation, uh, and we're going to get his view on the events of the week and how he felt uh, watching it all unfold after this. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now.
MCG, we're under two hours away from the opening bounce. Michael Barlow and the upper decks are starting to fill. People starting to come into the ground. The slide is set up for the big freeze. There's even blue skies appearing overhead as the clouds dissipate on a cold Monday afternoon. Uh, the big freeze game, Collingwood and Melbourne. It's a big game for both these teams. Collingwood, one of the form teams of the competition coming in. Melbourne have lost their last two, uh, and they've had a pretty ordinary week, uh, not just on the field, a couple of weeks on the field, but in a pretty ordinary week off the field with the events that happened at Entrecote Restaurant um, uh, last Sunday. or not the Sunday, just gone. The Sunday before, uh, Stephen May and Jake Melksham and uh, the fight that broke out uh, in that restaurant and then the aftermath of that and uh, it snowballed from there. What we were led to believe was just a lighthearted disagreement and a little bit of a scuffle turned out to be so much more than that. And uh, Nathan Jones, who's a 300-gamer, former captain, a beloved Melbourne figure and a key part of the AFL Nation team, uh, was asked about his view on the events uh, that unfolded from that Sunday. Yeah, well, Messi's a... Well, right on the money, I think. Uh, I reckon from where I sit, could have been handled much uh, more cleaner. There's no doubt about that. And I think, uh, well, you'd hope it would be a lesson well learnt, really. Um, irrespective of the, uh, the story itself, I think just fronting and being honest, particularly now the position I sit in from the outside... Um, now, there may be a whole heap of reasons because I also have experienced it on the inside, but ultimately getting the story straight ASAP and getting the entire story out there um, generally eliminates the time we keep hearing about it. But I guess in their case, it's uh, sort of been drip-fed every day and what could have been over in probably 24, 48 hours is uh, we're still talking about it, what, almost five days later. So... Yeah, they haven't had a good week in that regard. And, um, yeah, I think just hope, hopefully it doesn't sort of, you know, create disharmony or derail um, anything within the club. I think they're strong enough culturally and got some great leaders in great positions that will steer that ship. And, um, you know, hopefully we look back on it later in the year and it's a small blip on the on the radar of the season. It is, it is going to be a real challenge. I don't think I've ever heard a division between premiership players and non-premiership players. And we now know that two people had a crack at that uh, sort of line of talk. And if you're in the non-premiership playing group, you know, you just beg the question, well, you know, are we looked upon? I mean, I'm sure Stephen May wouldn't have said it to you, but in his state he might have. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be brutally honest. As soon as I heard that without even having spoken to anyone, I absolutely took offence. I was there, I lived it, and I was like, oh, surely not. Like, yeah. um, And it hurt me. Like, I was thinking... And uh, you can only imagine, you know, I don't know how many boys were there on the night, but, you know, say there's two or three that didn't play, then that infiltrating back into the group of the 20-odd guys that didn't play as well. And um, I think that's the danger of it. But ultimately, I think, um, you know, uh, well, you'd hope internally that they're able to address that. And essentially, you know, Steve had done a lot of work to build himself into the position he's in. And, and as a lot of us know, you know, when you're trying to change perception, you can sort of take 50 steps forward and one step back. So there'll be an element of him having to earn the boys' trust and, and stuff again. And, um, yeah, he'll have some work to do, there's no doubt. But I don't. I think ultimately I don't think it plays a significant part as, in, as far as, you know, culturally where the team and, and club end up going. Was one week the right penalty? 
because Melchins ended up <coughs> losing a week too, and it's just some some gut feeling of mine says it's there's an inequity there. Uh, yeah, look, I think um, the way I look at it, you know, I think it, I look at the Melk, Melksham situation. Now, Jake's one of my best friends. Um, so, you know, as far as understanding his character, I don't think that he comes to blows without there being a little bit more to the story, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, he wouldn't... It's not just a little bit of verbal that has led to that, uh, that issue, but ultimately... Um, you know, I guess internally they've had to assess that quite strongly and, and that's the decision they've come to. But I think, you know, from where I sit, there there has to be a little bit more to it and how much uh, was Steve involved in that and how much were the other players involved in that, like, I, I don't know. But, um, you know, if that's the case, you'd think there was an element of inequity. How much of it has to have been fully dealt with behind the closed doors so you've been Max Gorn in this scenario how how fully does it have to get exposed to be dealt with and settled and left behind um oh I think you know I think both boys with how it sort of unfolded whether you think it's right or wrong or whatever um and I think ultimately they'll be mature enough and uh I guess wise enough to work their way through that, which I, that's why I don't think ultimately it has a significant impact on the group. But um, yeah, I think for, from Max's position, he he ultimately would have had to understand everything from the moment it uh, it came to the fore, I guess, and um, and then it would be. I guess in their case or his case would be facilitating the boys explaining their situation to the players and the club and then they're going to go through that entire situation. Um, you know, I, I, not knowing the timeline specifically, but whether or not the media got onto it before the actual club got onto it and found out and got all its ducks in a row and was able to come forward. But I think ultimately, uh, you know, as I mentioned right off the top, I think they would have loved to have handled it a hell of a lot differently. How big a bender can players go on mid-season? Because it, when you don't end up having that sort of discourse and you know upheaval, unless you've had a big, big day. Yeah, you you would you would think that that's for sure. Um, and you know, I guess I, as I mentioned before, I was actually with Jake on the Sunday morning. We take our kids to Auskick, so I know sort of where his night started off as far as going to dinner, a bit of a wine tasting, and. That's why I sort of think about it. I'm like, it's hard to think that it escalated that quickly. So, um, you know, I think ultimately, I guess maybe 10 years ago it was fine, but the more professional the game has got, uh, you're highly limited in that regard. And um, I guess going back, uh, I don't know what Steve's day or not entailed, but um, you'd think that he might have had a fair crack. Yeah, it's, it's just bewildering. I mean, when we all first heard it, and he's in, you know, he's, he's recovering from a concussion and you're having a big day. We don't quite know how big, but it certainly mustn't have been a couple of beers, let's be honest. Uh, it, it just flew in the face of, of even, you know, rational thinking. Oh, it flies in the face of everything that the club has tried to embed and stand for over the last few years. So, um, you know, ultimately I, I would anticipate having not spoken directly to the leadership group of Tex Max a couple of times, but they would be livid yep. at, 
at this situation. There's no doubt about that. Steve being in the leadership group, uh, completely going against one club medical rules, but then also um, essentially team rules because you'd be considered as a rehab uh, group player. Yeah, I can only imagine the frustration and disappointment amongst those boys. Do you reckon the club knew everything when they handed out the penalty? Uh, it's hard to know, really. I, I would, I can only sit from where I sit right now and anticipate not, because every day we've been fed something new. So, yeah, you'd, you'd hope not. Um, and I guess from where we sit, we, we're only really learning the full story, what, four days later, and you hope that they, were, they got the full picture from the moment that it happened, but maybe not. I'm, I'm not to know. How much did he have to earn the trust the first time around last year? Oh, well, I think I read somewhere the other day, I didn't realise it was a couple of times, but I think a, f- a couple of times he'd been caught um, or he'd, you know, um, I think he'd been drinking in rehab maybe twice. And I think ultimately it was, you know, a process of him understanding what the new standards were at the footy club. And, and he spent so much time, I can't speak more um you know, strongly at the impact that he had on the group and the changes, significant changes he made to earn the trust of everyone, both this all sort of amounted with his off-field and then that was reinforced with the level of footy that he played on-field. And But ultimately, as I said before, you know, you can earn so much trust and it only takes one misstep to go a fair way back. So, you know, I think he'd be... He'd be honest about it as well, that it's uh, he's going to have to put his head down and his bum up and uh, and get on with it. And the only way that uh, he can really earn that trust back is, you know, I guess, he's, the way he trains, the way he performs, the way he holds himself, the standards and behaviours that he adheres to, which should be in line with the club's culture and living and breathing that every day. It's a massive challenge for him. There's you know, recent history with uh, big-name players getting on the uh, source even just prior to finals and, you know, going on and winning flags. But but the division between premiership players and non-premiership players, that is a new one, I think, for all of us. And how he deals with that is going to be the greatest challenge that him and even Jake Melcher have got just... Uh, and and uh, Smith has got Joel Smith for uh, accepting whatever, you know, apology is made. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that was my number one concern out of it. Um, Obviously, where I sit, removed, took offence. I can only imagine what it's like when it's the mm. you're living and breathing it every single minute, and and questioning whether he, he someone is thinking that about you. Um, I, I would hope that there, as I mentioned, there that there are. Uh, the culture and the relationships amongst the group is strong enough to find its way through that, but only time will tell, really. It's uh, it's an interesting one. I heard Jordan Lewis talk about the other night. It's like n- not too many guys that play in the Premiership really consider that, but, you know, it is, it's is—it's difficult for the boys that miss out. Like, And I lived it last year, and, um, and I often say, you know, like as much as my story in particular has been so widely reported with my history at the club, there's there's 10 or 15 other guys that were in the same boat, whether it be injury, whether it be form, whether it be just luck. Um, And that's a tough position to be in because you're expected to, uh, you know, you're trying to live out childhood dreams and achieve the absolute ultimate, but ultimately you, you can't control the outcome of that. So you... And you're required to commit to the team and the team's direction and give yourself of everything of, to the team. And ultimately, you may not get 
repaid. So it's a very uh, sort of personal thing to go through and, and to who to have it been brought up in that capacity, it's um, it cuts deep. Nathan Jones on Friday Night Footy with AFL Nation. Uh, his in-depth view on the events of Melbourne's week leading up to a massive clash Monday afternoon at the MCG. Collingwood and Melbourne, big freeze eight if you want to donate to help beat the beast. Fightmnd.org.au is where you can go. The aim today is to have $2 million raised by halftime, and, and you can help do exactly that. There are beanies on sale here, just as there are at Coles. Coles Express and Bunnings are online at fightmnd.org.au. The faster a cure is found, the sooner we can rid the world of this beast of a disease. Uh, Neil Danner continuing to inspire um, in a way that not many people have been able to do in a lifetime. Uh, when we come back, there'll be just about three and a half minutes, Michael Bella, for you to give us your take on the game today from what a purely football point of view. Fancy that. Can yeah, you talk about talk some, some footy? footy. Uh, and then the A-team will take over. Jerry Waitley, Dwayne Russell and Josh Jenkins will be your AFL Nation call team to take you through uh, this huge game today. Back after this, uh, AFL Nation, our pre-game show for Beaumont uh, Tiles and for Thirsty Camel Bottle. Waitley, Dwayne Russell and Josh Jenkins get into position there at Limbering Up and just doing their final stretches and run-throughs uh, out the back who are at the MCG for Collingwood and Melbourne. The Pies have won three in a row. The Ds have lost two in a row. In for Collingwood, Jamie Elliott. Brown was the Medi sub out. Reef McGuinness is out injured. And in for Melbourne, Michael Hibbert's first game of the year. Daniel Turner on debut. Mid-season draftee last year. Toby Bed for the Medi sub. Jaden Hunt and Adam Tomlinson omitted. Michael Barlow, I'd love to get your thoughts on who wins this game and why as we get a lot more blue sky opening up overhead at the G today. It's gorgeous, isn't it? Uh, and I think, simply put, Melbourne respond. Uh, it, it's mm. Essentially, it's first versus ninth. It's the reigning champ. Under a bit of pressure versus a side that's building very nicely and has, has taken a few scalps along the way. So I'd expect a, a competitive outing from Collingwood, but the hard edge and chip on the shoulder type uh, of operation for Melbourne today will will be good enough to get the job done. I think Max Gorn's been, been tremendous across the couple of weeks that um, the whole team has been poor. And it's just about others lifting. They don't need to lift 30 40%. They just need to lift your 5 to 10%. So Collingwood can get up into the eight. Uh, they'll leapfrog Richmond if they win today. Melbourne would then, uh, well, they already are uh, outright first on percentage, but they'd go outright first on win. So there'll be some ladder jostling uh, to all this uh, as well. But with no Steve May, as we know, and Jake Lever, interesting that his numbers well down on what he did last year. Teams obviously putting work into him. Where are they vulnerable? I think you're right. I think Melbourne do win. But where are they vulnerable and where can Collingwood look to exploit or gain an advantage? Yeah, well, that's the obvious one, isn't it? It just Stephen May out. No worries. It's It's been two games without him, essentially. The Fremantle game, he, he went down um, relatively early and they, they got a hold of him. So, yes, the, the front half of um, Collingwood can get on and they can, they can catch fire as well as any. Ollie Henry is one that, for mine, could be the, the ace in the pack. Yeah, he's one that can pop up and and have half a half a footy and, and go bang, which he did in that game against Fremantle only a couple of weeks ago. So um, the front half for Collingwood versus the back half for Melbourne is the real watch. Um, if Melbourne's midfield flexes their muscle... They've got to start kicking goals again. Yeah, they haven't been getting goals from their mids the last couple of weeks. The, the Collingwood midfield has, has stood up admirably, but um, if the Melbourne mids can get on top and, and get some ball in their front half, uh, they'll be hard to stop.
Collingwood's defence has been good too. They'll um, and Melbourne's offence has been severely lacking. I think they're down to eight or ninth for scores uh, now. So th- this could be a lot even more mm. even a game than we think. Uh, so it'll be a fascinating game and one that I can't wait to watch. Hey, that's it from us for Tyre Power. Your match day favourites are Tyre Safety and McDonald's. Score the classic McChicken today. Order via McDelivery. Sam Hargraves, Michael Barlow. Our pre-game show is the Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the call, Thirsty Camel and Beaumont Tiles. Huge sale is on right now. A-team in next. Enjoy the rest of your Monday afternoon. Big freeze game at the G. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.